You are listening to the Health and Wellness Connection Podcast, the number one wellness podcast designed to provide the latest information to help you achieve your health and wellness goals. Our show features exciting guests, the latest in medical research, and in-depth discussions in current trends on weight loss, nutrition, and fitness. No matter what your interest, the Health and Wellness Podcast has you covered. And now, presenting your illustrious host, Dr. Barry, M.D. Hello, 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 and thank you for listening to the Health and Wellness Connection podcast. I want to thank you for being a faithful listener and checking us out every week on Afro Vibes Radio. But hey, if you somehow don't get a chance to check us out Thursdays, 4 p.m. Central Standard Time on Afro Vibes Radio, please don't hesitate to check out our podcast page. That's anchor.fm backslash HW Connection. That's H-W-C-O-N-N-E-C-T-I-O-N. Again, check us out on our anchor.fm podcast page. Check out all the shows uploaded there immediately after the show airs on Afrovibes Radio. Also, if you want to listen to the show live on Afrovibes Radio, please download the app, afrovibesradio.com. You can download it from the, the website or go to your local or favorite, sorry, mobile OS app, be it Android or iPhone. Download the app on your phone today. You can stream the show as well as the awesome Afrobeat music collection live on your phone for free. Again, no money down, all free, all awesomeness. Do it today. Again, um, if you want to reach out to me personally, you can always get at me on Instagram. Um, my uh, name, Dr. Barry MD, D R B A R R Y M D. Also, you can email me at Dr. Barry Health at gmail.com. That's Dr. Barry, D R B A R R Y H E A L T H at gmail.com. And last but not least, Facebook is also where we're at, posting all the shows as well as other exciting articles. Check us out at www.facebook.com backslash next level weight loss. Again, please uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us. We love hearing from listeners. Any feedback, any even sponsorship opportunities, because we are um, very highly listened podcast. Always looking for sponsors. Check us out if you're interested in sponsoring the show. And also, you can do it on the Anchor FM page. You can donate, become a super sponsor. We're going to get a lot of cool freebies for those people who do sign up. So check us out again. It's Dr. Barry here. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for the show. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Health and Wellness Connection. I am your illustrious host, Dr. Barry, MD. Um, again, I'm a uh, board-certified emergency room doctor as well as, you know, a lifestyle medicine practitioner. Um, and I'm here um, as a host and hopefully we'll share some uh, great information and uh, you'll be entertained. So again, thanks for checking us out. Um, we're here again on Afro Vibes Radio, the best source of news and, and entertainment um, with an Afrobeat twist. And of course, don't forget the podcast. If you guys missed a show or you uh, tend to not uh, get busy when we broadcast 4 p.m. Central Standard Time and you want to take the show out, we're always posting shows up after the official broadcast on our podcast page. That is at anchor.fm backslash HW Connection. You can get all the shows 
right to your mobile device or your PC or wherever you want to listen to, guys. And uh, speaking of the podcast, we actually do have, I want to give a couple quick shout outs. We have a lot of great listeners out in the San Francisco area. Thank you guys for checking us out. London, um, you know, we want to appreciate you guys as well. A lot of listeners all across the globe, Sweden, um, uh, Belgium, uh, Pakistan. So, yes, guys, we're, we're, we're seeing you. We appreciate the love. Um, tell your friends, uh, share the wealth, and uh, let's uh, let's grow this show, guys. So again, today's show, we're talking about the coronavirus. We're, we're going to go, um, of course, uh, with some of the numbers and really talk about um, how uh, we're being affected by this virus, um, some of the recent infections and deaths. And then we're going to talk about some of the news, uh, uh, about how, you know, the news is being affected by some of the coronavirus issues. And, uh, you know, it's almost becoming a socioeconomic issue as opposed to a health issue as well. And lastly, we're going to actually talk some about some immune-boosting foods, um, foods you can eat to help keep your immune system, you know, as tip-top shape as it could be. Because this is really a health game, guys. It's never really been so um, obvious that being unhealthy could literally prematurely kill you. Um, it's never been so important to be, you know, fit as you possibly be because this is one illness that if you're weakened like if a weakened immune system or you're not as healthy as you could be you actually increase your susceptibility to complications from this coronavirus including death so you want to take it very seriously guys your health is really your wealth um, i've said this so many times and it's never been more true in this period just because we have a virus now that we really don't have a definitive cure for now there are some treatments on the horizon and we're going to talk about those as well but the reality is that this virus is still doing a lot of damage and uh, it's real. So let's talk about some of the numbers so we can kind of verify what, what I'm referring to when I say numbers. Because some people will say, well, uh, I have never personally seen an individual die from the virus, so it can't be real. Like, uh, no, uh, it can still be real because you haven't seen it. It's, you know, a lot of people across the um, globe are falling ill from this virus. Many deaths um, are occurring as a result of this virus. So we have to acknowledge those. Um, and just because you didn't see it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. And as a physician here, I unfortunately have had the honor, or I could say at this point, a, 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 more of a, um, um, you know, I don't know what the correct word is, but it's not fun, basically. Seeing patients who have the coronavirus succumb to the illness when there's really nothing extremely effective. Now, there are some treatments that are showing some promises, as we, as we discussed before on this show. Remdesivir is a big one now, and it's actually extremely difficult to get. Um, the company that actually uh, makes the um, drug um, is essentially being um, controlled by the government now. <laughs> People always hate government control, but when you know when it gets really serious, uh, government needs to step in and make sure that everyone has access to the medication. Remdesivir is one of the few medications that, ha that has actually shown um, pretty significant uh, improvement in patients who are critical from coronavirus complications. And for that very reason, um, it's pretty scarce and it's essentially controlled as far as how the meds are dispersed across the globe, actually. So we'll talk about that in more detail uh, later, but either way, let's get into the numbers. All right, guys. So worldwide, we have 26 million cases of coronavirus. Um, it's pretty crazy. I think it's about 7 billion people in the world. So still got a ways to go. Not that everyone will be infected, but um, unfortunately, the way we're moving, um, you know, a lot of lackadaisical approaches toward this virus as far as reducing a spread, especially here in America. Uh, it's going to be, unfortunately, growing much and much bigger. So 26 million people have been diagnosed positive with the virus. We have 868,000 people who have died. And let me just refer to the to the date, guys, because even though I don't like dating the show, um, because these numbers are important, that's something we should probably reference. Again, this is uh, September 3rd, 2020. 
the year of clarity as we all thought in 2019 and i'm sure we all crying and wishing we had 2019 back because <laughs> 2020 has been a doozy so yes yeah, so again and 18 million people have recovered so again coronavirus is not a death sentence 26 million people were diagnosed 18 million have recovered and that leaves about 6.8 million active cases so you know the coronavirus is one of those illnesses that has baffled scientists because it can go from a illness that causes absolutely no symptoms and just actually just results in uh, essentially no effect whatsoever on certain patients in other patients it just slowly debilitates chronically weakens them chronically causes inflammation eventually organs shut down and then people succumb to the illness other people within a matter of days they can succumb to the illness so it's one of those illnesses still baffling uh, clinicians and scientists as far as how it's attacking certain people certain individuals and so it's one thing that's been critically important in this situation is understanding demographics understanding what target what populations are more targeted than others and why certain populations are more susceptible to the virus and its complications than others and we're going to re reference some of those demographics and some of these numbers after we go through the hard numbers so again we went over the total numbers of deaths uh, sorry new infections of coronavirus or current infections i should say but now let's talk about what countries are leading the charge in the coronavirus pandemic you know certain countries you know have done a great job in reducing the spread of the virus in their various populations um, other countries have said you know what screw it we're too you know busy making money to worry about some darn virus <laughs> so we're gonna let people do whatever they want and not offend or affect people's normal movements because you know what People got to do what they got to do to get this bread, right? And the virus is irrelevant. Some don't think it's real, and that's unfortunate. And as a result of this misguided thought process, um, the virus decided to run wild, and it's uh, doing its thing. Of course, the country leading the charge in the virus, new infections. And of course, guys, I'm being facetious. This is not something I, I actually like. It's unfortunate that it went this way. But, you know, people who are in charge of the United States, you know, haven't, haven't really been on a consistent organized plane but again we'll talk about those details later usa 6.2 million cases of the virus new cases is about 40,000, and it's been about 40,000 new cases for about the entire month of august roughly so imagine 40,000 new cases daily that we know about are being diagnosed in the united states and out, out of these uh new diagnoses we've had about those are out of the positive cases of coronavirus patients in uh, the Americas or sorry, the United States of America, we have about 1000 deaths. So pretty significant. And we've been averaging 1000 deaths here in the United States for a while as well. Again, this is a population of 33 million people, uh, 330 million people, excuse me. So, um, you know, United States does test more than most countries, 250,000 uh, tests per million people. So definitely one of the highest testing um, populations which Trump continuously brags about um, but um, unfortunately we're testing these patients they're positive but seems like um, reducing the spread has been difficult so there's been some actually uh, news reports about how there's gonna be a new um, app that's gonna be integrated um, through Apple and Google that's gonna actually start to alert people when they're near someone who has recently tested positive for the virus so it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out because we just briefly discussed some of the contact tracing apps and tests that have been developed in outside countries previously. 
but one thing that's been always been a, a struggle for a lot of clinicians was figuring out when someone is positive how to keep them you know quarantined and um, apps have been a new way to monitor patients movements as well as determine who potentially has been in contact with a patient who has been positive so um, we'll see more about that in the, in the future we're going to talk about that as well so yes um, usa leading the charge massive deaths uh, that's unfortunate but number two is brazil we talked about brazil a lot here on this podcast as well we know Bolsonaro, a f- good friend of trump's i think he seems like he idolizes trump if you look closely at his politics but we won't get too much detail on that my brazilian listeners know that um it's been a serious issue dealing with coronavirus down there a lot of um lackadaisical and kind of a uh, nonsensical approach toward the virus the president himself didn't believe it was real as well leading to just kind of a um, laissez-faire approach and uh, minimal preparation, which is, of course, resulting in massive deaths as well and destruction. They have, a well, 4 million positive cases in Brazil, a number two uh, currently right now that we know about, uh, with about 48,000 new positive diagnoses uh, daily, and then about 1,200 deaths. So they're doing, dealing with it as well. This is a country of 200 million people, and they're actually under-testing their population. 67,000 per 1 million people are being tested. So there's probably significantly more people dying and more people positive that we don't know about in Brazil. So yeah, I'll pray for Brazil, guys. I mean, Brazil, I mean, they need a lot of um, help, a lot of guidance, as well as treatments. So we're going to talk about treatments as well, but you know, it's definitely doing a number on Brazil. India, same thing, 3.8 million people with the virus, uh, about a thousand deaths as well. About They had about 82,000 new diagnoses. So, you know, India, um, a country that really hasn't, I mean, we're currently uh, Modi, of course, he was the president or the prime minister of India, who has been recent news as he uh, is uh, apparently, um, you know, working with some of the politicians here in the United States. And there's some discussion as uh, politics is a big unfortunate part of the news cycle currently so uh india hopefully will figure out you know what's going on and uh, determine you know why they're having such a surge in these new uh covid 19 infections and then last two of the top five russia uh which a known diagnosis 1.1 million people have been determined positive which is actually pretty good for such a large country as russia is um they're averaging about 4,000 new cases and about 100 deaths, so which is actually pretty decent for a country of 145 million people. And they're testing quite aggressively as well. Top five, last number is Peru, which is actually a new entrant. Unfortunately, Peru has started to see more cases, about 6,000 new diagnoses. Uh, total number of infected people in Peru, 660,000. And lastly, about 190 deaths as well was seen yesterday. So again, um, you know, top five is definitely concerning. The USA has held the top spot for a while now. So unfortunately, USA will probably be the epicenter of COVID-19 for the foreseeable future. Um, hopefully, um, the United States government can really start to focus and see why, you know, the USA has been such an issue. But let's talk a little bit more about USA, because one thing I want to say is that, you know, the states that are really leading the charge in the United States are also, you know, it's kind of a unique situation because California, for instance, is the number one state that we know about with COVID-19 patients. Uh, about 700,000 people have been diagnosed, averaging about 5,000 new cases per day and about 150 deaths. Texas is also another uh, site of high infectivity. This is where yours truly is broadcasting from. Um, so again, 4,500 new cases daily. Um, they're also totally about 650,000 uh, cases total. What about 183 deaths uh, per day? Now, uh, Florida and New York 
unfortunately make up three and four and georgia's number fifth number five so again the united states is definitely doing um you know having issues dealing with the virus but the good news is that um the numbers do seem to be trending down ever so slightly um you know again we hope that uh, the numbers continue to trend down as much as possible before the cold season which is rapidly approaching where everyone expects a surge especially in the united states where the the temperatures will drop and people will start to you know cohabitate more continuously leading to you know more infections so um briefly guys we're going to talk about some of the reasons that uh you know people are concerned especially here in the united states and that's actually the concerning situation facing the latino community they're actually some of the hardest hit groups regarding coronavirus and many believe are driving the numbers especially in texas and california um it's believed that the latinos make up 40 percent of the texas population yet they account for 52 percent of the covid 19 fatalities in the state so uh it's pretty um it's pretty concerning that many latinos here in, the, in texas and as well in california um you know have um are uninsured leading to increased uh complications and and the increased um delayed of care i should say excuse me before getting treatment so um it's concerning and something that you know you know the entire united states needs to definitely be aware of um as uh, latinos are definitely uh, suffering the brunt of a lot of the complications and it's um kind of unique too because uh, initially um the coronavirus was determined to be a quote-unquote rich man's disease as many travelers were getting it people were coming from europe on holiday i think one of the first person people i knew who had covid 19 he and his family were skiing in austria for the winter and uh, as they flew back they realized they fell sick when they landed i think they lived in los angeles and they end up all testing positive so that was a typical story you heard early on in the pandemic now you know as you know essential workers who continue to work despite all the quarantine uh, issues and other uh, people who have been you know had to move due to you know financial issues that because of the lack of you know funding from the government for to encourage people to stay home people have had to work resulting in increased exposure to those you know who don't have those zoom um, options to be at their house you know working and still getting a full check so it's definitely hit certain communities hard latinos especially so guys be on the lookout for that and uh, we're going to you know talk more about this after the break guys so stay tuned we got more news we got some great info for you as well right after the uh break sit tight it's dr barry health and wellness connection peace hello 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 guys it's dr barry here welcome back to the health and wellness connection radio show slash podcast definitely uh thanks for uh sticking through we got some more great data for you i want to kind of go over because i want to make sure you really understand what's going on here with this uh, pandemic so we talked about you know the americas and um, the top five countries are really being ravaged by this virus and why it's been such an unfortunate situation because it's essentially switched from a virus that was particularly affecting the upper class to those to now one that was affecting those um, in the lower socioeconomic classes so it's uh, something that's been um, we have to really figure out to really reduce uh, some of the potential uh, you know damage this virus can do to the society but one thing that's been unique and that really hasn't been explained and they're still trying to really assess as much as possible is the fact that the COVID-19 uh, virus pandemic per se has really been gentle to Africa um, for um, Africa actually had its millionth official COVID case uh, of COVID-19 case just just last month in August I mean this is well um, behind the other countries 
uh, involved. This is the entire continent of Africa, by the way, which comprises of many countries. And the funny thing is that this one article, which again, all these articles, by the way, guys, we're posting to the Facebook page, www.facebook.com backslash next level weight loss. Go there if you want to get all these articles. A lot of interesting articles you can read on your own leisure and kind of really get to some of the numbers and really, you know, see what's going on with some of these uh, virus uh, infos that we're presenting to you. But for instance, okay, like we said about Africa, we, you know, Africa has, um, you know, had its issues with the virus as well. Top countries in Africa uh, include South Africa as well as uh, um, Nigeria. Um, South Africa itself had a population of 630,000 patients with the new with the virus tested positive, about 2,000 people uh, per day, and 100 uh, deaths. Now, the country 59 million people. Many people predict South Africa would be far uh, more, um, far more, uh, uh, you know, inundated with, with with complications. But you know, they've really actually had a significant drop, and uh, have actually done pretty well with this virus overall. Um, as far as uh, their numbers, they had a significant peak in July and they've dropped quite significantly where they had over almost 10,000, 15,000 new cases per day. Um, but now um, they're, they're, um, they're much lower than that, about a thousand cases per day of new diagnosis as well as their deaths. So, you know, they've done some things regarding um, quarantining and have been very aggressive with contact tracing and whatnot. And mainly people believe that has helped quite a bit. Um, but despite, you know, South Africa and, and the other countries that have been dealing with coronavirus in Africa, as a whole, Africa really has been spared as far as some of the significant um, pandemic related issues like overwhelmed hospitals and, uh, you know, exhausted supplies and whatnot. Uh, these are developing countries with, which many people predicted would have a pretty terrible, um, you know, issue dealing with the virus because they were predicting pretty significant catastrophic numbers. But many... Um, you know, African countries have really been spared. And uh, one article that we came across briefly kind of touched on this. So for instance, there was one a group of scientists that actually did a mass testing of antibodies for coronavirus in a community in Kenya. They actually tested 3,000 people uh, and they found that in, uh, in this 3,000 group, aged 15 to 64, more than one in 20 Kenyans had antibodies to SARS-CoV-19. So they actually were exposed and had a previous infection. This is one in 20. So in the, the reality is that they believe that Kenya probably had the same amount of virus running through their community that Spain had in mid-May. And this is when in, in May when Spain was just inundated with virus patients. They had about thousand thousands of deaths and now it seems like Kenya probably had the same amount of exposure to the virus at that time, yet they had relatively no deaths. So there's something going on here that we're not really clear on, but we do know that um, many African communities have been able to tolerate this virus and not have the significant amount of deaths and complications. Now, some scientists believe that because African communities are younger, so they tend to not have as many older people in their communities, which is really the highest susceptible population for this virus. Um, some people have even, I read one article, which I thought was a bit outrageous, but I'll post anyway, just so you guys can see what's being written, was that the extreme poverty of Africa has protected them from the virus. Now, to me, that seems like hogwash, but, you know, scientists like to post whatever they want. And of course, Yahoo, <laughs> they always have a questionable editing department. So the stuff they vet to post is always, you know, should be, you know, heavily, you know, uh, <laughs> questioned before you believe it wholeheartedly. But, you know, interesting to say the least that, 
you know, it's believed that there's something going on where, you know, African uh, people on the continent are not um, as getting these extremely high levels of complications from this COVID-19. So another um, actually study where they actually surveyed 500 asymptomatic healthcare workers in Malawi. It's done by an immunologist um, out there um, um, doing some research. They found that 12% of them have been exposed to the virus. And so, and they base these on, you know, the mortality ratios of, you know, people in the country versus those outside the country. Um, and they found that it was believed that um, basically the numbers of deaths that were supposed to be expected were actually 17 times higher than what actually happened. So meaning that there's a lot of exposure going on in the African continent, but yet there's very few or far, far lower levels of uh, complications and infectivity uh, rates and comp and deaths for sure that they predicted. So it's uh, another one actually showed that came out of Namibia, sorry, came out of uh, Mozambique, sorry. 10,000 people um, in Mozambique in the cities of Nampula and Pemba um, were, were screened and, and assessed for antibodies. And they found that three to 10% of the people that were screened were found to have antibodies. So, which is pretty shocking. 10% is a lot of people in a community to be positive, yet, it was extremely low numbers of deaths that were that were confirmed in a community of a million people. Only 16 people were confirmed COVID-19 deaths. Um, and of course, people will say that, well, you know, these poor communities can't really test properly and it's possible people are dying. But the reality is that if people were truly dying left and right, there would be reports of people dying in their homes like there were in the UK, like there were in Italy, like there were in New York. Uh, people being found dead. That was one of the big things we saw during the pandemic. And it uh, seems like it's not been such an issue in Africa. So who knows? We're going to be obviously following this closely and seeing kind of what's going on in Africa, as we have been doing. So now we've been ignoring Africa. But um, it's interesting how the virus seems to be affecting uh, people on the continent uh, different than it has been affecting those um, here uh, in the United States, as well as in Europe and in Latin America, which is also going through a lot of issues with this virus. So um, we'll be following that closely and we'll see what's going on. So, yes, guys. All right, guys. So the next story really goes into some of the uh, developing information on the vaccine front. Do, 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 do. I know people <laughs> hear vaccine. Everyone gets all nervous, anxious and all kinds of things start going through one's minds. Now, let me just say this straight up and straight up and down. If you're one of the people that believe the vaccine will be a biochip containing mechanism designed to control the world, um, you're you're crazy. Let me just be honest with you. If the vaccine had chips and tracking devices and all kinds of crazy things in them, the vaccine would be a, a ridiculously expensive. It would be probably be $100 or $500 per shot. <laughs> and no one's paying for that. Let's be honest. Now, if you want a chip in your system, I'm sure there's, there's companies out there that can do that for you. But um, yeah, it's not going to happen. And, and also... People also tend to forget your phone is the best tracking device, computer device, monitoring device that government could ever hope to create. So if you have a cell phone, worry about a microchip and a vaccine, again, reevaluate your overall priorities. But again, so but the vaccine will be an important method of treatment. Um, now, we talked about the Sputnik, which was the uh, Russian vaccine, which is already being massively produced now per orders of Putin. But the safety profile really has been fully, clearly established. So. You know, here in the United States, our vaccine process is still ongoing, but it's definitely um, showing some signs of promise. Novavax, which is one of the uh, companies that received a big injection of funds from the government to produce a, a vaccine, has recently published its latest results, and they look really, really good, actually. Came out in the New England Journal of Medicine this past Wednesday. This is, again, uh, you know, last week of August. Um, so it appeared that 
Um, their testing just was done with 131 people, and uh, apparently, um, people who received the vaccine and an adjuvant, which is a basically a vaccine booster, um, they actually developed very good responses, meaning antibodies were created um, that were able to be effectively um, protective against COVID-19. Uh, many patients who received the injections were, um, you know, reporting uh, overall no symptoms and uh, overall great, great uh, um, safety profile. So their phase ones have completed. Now their phase two is about to uh, start. Um, so Novavax is one of the many companies that are developing a vaccine and uh, you know, definitely shows the good signs of, you know, how we can potentially get uh, people who potentially are susceptible to the illness protection. Because again, as we've stated before, not everyone succumbs immediately to the vaccine, um, some I mean, to, the, to the virus. Some people have it and have no symptoms whatsoever. Others have it and they die in a few days. So it's really kind of a concerning kind of balancing act to figure out, you know, who is potentially the most at risk and how do we protect these people? So one thing that we can do to protect everyone is to improve our diets. We talk about food all the time on the show. Uh, we really talk about nutrition. Um, I wanted to actually do it more about this kind of topic during this show, but I think we have to do its own show by itself because it's so important. Uh, and that comes to nutrition. So just a little teaser for the next show or up soon upcoming show. We're going to do a deep dive into the good foods you should be consuming during this pandemic, especially if you're an anti-vaxxer. If you're someone that says, oh, vaccines are uh, from the, uh, you know, uh, uh, George Soros and all these, uh, you know, Illuminati's and uh, I ain't taking it after vaccine. I hate. It. Okay, good. You're one of those cats. You better be very, very on point with your diet because, you know, diet, what you eat is literally what you become. And you have to make sure you're feeding your body with the appropriate nutrients so that it can build the immune system that can handle whatever potentially could come across. So let's talk briefly about it. Immune boosting foods. What foods do you need to eat to help your immune system really kind of be at tip top shape so that it can really handle whatever comes across, especially with COVID-19? Okay, guys, first thing you need to be consuming in high quantities, vitamin C. And I don't, and you can take a pill if you want to, but ideally you need to be eating the fruits, especially when it comes to citrus fruits. These are something that we should all be eating regularly. People should be having oranges in their homes, grapefruits, you know, clementines, tangerines, lemons, limes, all these should be regularly consumed because vitamin C is such an important uh, nutrient for your immune system. It helps build your immune system up, um, allows it to produce what needs to produce, be it your T cells, um, be it your um, antibodies, all of it, it works. I mean, vitamin C is critical. So you should be taking vitamin C, uh, recommend daily amount of vitamin C for most of adults, 75 milligrams for women, 90 milligrams for men. So definitely um, you want to, um, you know, ensure you're getting proper amounts in your diet. Um, you should probably avoid taking more than 2000 milligrams a day. So you don't want to overdo it. I know people like to say, well, if something is good, then if I take 10 times the normal amount, that's even better, right? Not quite, you know, you don't want to overdo it, but definitely if you just eat a, a, some oranges regularly or some lemons and limes, squeeze some of that in your, you know, your water, you know, you can do a lot and it can help. Uh, and, the, and, and if you eat the oranges best because the pulp is very fibrous, so that'll help, you know, with your bowel movements and your gut health. So, you know, oranges, lemons, limes, clementines, you know, add those to your diet. Another good source of vitamin C are red bell peppers too, by the way. Um, people don't really consider bell peppers um, as something you eat regularly or eat something or eat as a fruit, actually, because you cut it open and peppers are fantastic. They go with a nice dip, get you some ranch, get you not too much ranch. Try to get the low fat or something that's a little healthier than the old school, heavy, heavy cream based ranch dressing. But get you some, uh, you know, nice dip. 
um, get you some bell pepper, slice them up, and you can have an excellent, healthy, nutritious snack, rich in fiber, rich in vitamin C, fantastic source of beta carotene, uh, which is just great. So again, you want good skin, you want a good immune system, you know, you want something that helps make makes your overall body stronger, definitely consider adding rail bed peppers to your diet. It's a fantastic food and can go with so many different with so many different um, foods as well. Now I love broccoli too. That's one of my favorites as well. And it's also a great food to help boost your immune system. It's supercharged with vitamins and minerals. Uh, literally A, C, E. All these things are high quantities when it comes to um, broccoli. So you want all those nutrients, you want the fiber as well, any antioxidants. And that's really the unsung hero a lot of times, antioxidants. They can help neutralize a lot of harmful substances in your body. So whenever you see something with high antioxidants, you want to definitely consider, you know, in consuming that, you know, in, you know, more quantities <laughs> than you normally would other items. Other good packed antioxidant items include green tea. Another good beverage you should consume. Don't put too much sugar in it, obviously, but green tea is fantastic. A lot of antioxidants, very rich in nutrients, fantastic food um, for, uh, for the beverage for those looking to improve their health and immune system. So of course, and one thing about broccoli I forgot to mention um, before we move on, you wanna minimize cooking it actually, because cooking it actually messes up a lot of the, uh, the nutrients and proteins. You wanna eat it raw. Broccoli's fantastic, just wash it, you know, or just lightly, lightly cook it. Don't process the hell out of it and throw cheese in there and bacon and everything else like people like to do. Keep it simple, you know, minimally cook it and you can get the maximum amount of nutrients from it. All right, so another healthy, healthy food that all you guys should be eating regularly is garlic. Um, there's a reason why it's damn near in every, you know, culture and in the world uses garlic in their food, because why? It's a fantastic food, it tastes good, it smells unique, but it's, you know, not the end of the world, even though it's not the best smelling. But the fact that it can, you know, improve, you know, so many things in your body. Um, it has a lot of um, immune boosting properties. Um, it's just, it has, uh, you know, one unique component of, of garlic, is that it has a unique compound called alanine. Um, now, the cool thing about alanine is that um, it basically is able to, um, you know, convert to other sulfur-containing compounds, which helps, you know, garlic give it that basically almost medicinal uh, properties. Um, people believe that these, uh, you know, you know, compounds like alanine and other components of garlic can help, you know, directly affect immune system's ability to fight infections more effectively. Um, it's believed that it helps, you know, eliminate, you know, it helps the body clear viruses actually quicker. So, um, you know, if you eat some garlic, you know, you definitely want to do that because it actually has been shown to reduce duration of colds. You know, people run to the ER all the time demanding medications for, uh, you know, to help them feel better. But, you know, getting things in just like garlic, you know, eating more vegetables adding other great immune boosting foods like ginger, which is a great anti-inflammatory as well, can be almost as effective as some of these prescription drugs and they're a lot cheaper as well. So garlic, yes, fantastic food. And of course, ginger, another fantastic anti-inflammatory um, uh, as well as a mild pain uh, uh, relief medication as well. So ginger is fantastic. Consider, you know, I like to make a ginger tea. I'll take some raw root ginger, slice it up, some hot water in there, maybe a little bit of honey. Fantastic beverage, anti-inflammatory, a lot of great immune benefits in it, you know, a great taste too to it. So ginger guys, drink more, eat more, 
you know, add that to your diet. Spinach, guys, another fantastic food. You want to definitely consider um, eating spinach regularly. I've been extolling spinach for a while now, but definitely you want to continue doing spinach. Spinach is one of those foods that is just so rich in all kinds of vitamins and antioxidants and all kinds of great, great uh, components that you're really doing yourself a disservice not eating it. So guys, spinach is better. So again, we're going to stop it here. Engineers shutting me down saying that I'm talking too much. So I'm going to go ahead and <laughs> wrap it up. We don't want to over uh, go over the next show. However, guys, we're going to do a whole show on this really detailed and really go into it. So stay tuned for that. It's upcoming. In the meantime, guys, you know, be healthy, try to be fit, go work out. Avoid sick people and uh, you know, let's keep pushing guys. This thing is not gonna be out of the world We are going to clear this thing eventually. So let's uh, you know Do our best to uh, stay healthy in the meantime again. It's dr. Barry your host here with health and wealth connection. Peace Thank you for listening to the health and wellness connection podcast and radio show for more information on ways to get healthy Please check us out www.anchor.fm forward slash HW connection here you can re-listen to the show check out older shows and even further support the show by becoming a subscriber to the podcast please check us out today again that's anchor.fm forward slash HW connection and also don't forget to follow Dr. Barry on Instagram at drbarrymd until next time stay healthy 